Welcome to the Jack Weston MCAT Podcast with your host, Phil Hawkins. And Asai Calderon Muñiz. All right, welcome everybody. And we're getting serious here because it's it's MCAT season. There are a lot of students that I'm interacting with on a daily basis now who are kind of in that that crunch mode where they're in the last like month, last two months, last three months of their prep. And they're like really deep into the process in and of itself. And um, there's a lot of students that I think don't know about the different resources and more importantly, when you should be using which resources. There's a lot of times students are asking me questions saying like, hey, I'm doing this. And like, like, is there any way I should be doing this better? And I'm like, oh, okay, well, based on where you're at in your prep, this is not the thing you should be doing and spending your time on. And so uh, we wanted to do kind of a deep dive into a lot of the resources at Jack Weston. Um, most of them are free, things that we just create for free for students because we think it's really important to lower barriers to get into med school and that it should be not just who can pay the most money um, or the people who can get into med school. But we want to go through a lot of these resources. We want to go through a lot of the free resources to let you guys know when and how to use them. Um, as well as we will talk a little bit about some of the other resources, like the paid ones, like the courses and tutoring and admissions, um, because I think that there are some interesting things that students just don't know mm -hmm. about those 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 resources and those processes. So I'm excited. I feel like today should be a really useful thing and not just talking about the resources, but when and how you should use them is I think a big part of this and why we wanted to to spend a lot of time kind of breaking this down for you guys. Absolutely. Like you said, it's super important, especially this time of year. Um, folks have questions and our, our goal today is to answer a lot of those questions. So the first resource that we want to talk about, you already know about, and that's this podcast. And so this podcast, as you've probably picked up, talks about a lot of different things. We cover everything from content to um, a little bit sneak peek, um, some of the resources that we have here, the people you can get connected with, as well as higher level um, tips and tricks for when you're actually taking the MCAT, tackling questions, making study schedules. And so there's a lot that gets covered on this podcast. And so depending when you find us, um, you may think that we cover a smaller, a smaller um, subset of material. And so when you're deciding kind of how to use this podcast, knowing where you are in the process and where you should start is important. So for example, let's say that you are just starting out, right? And maybe you are someone who's going to take three months, or maybe you're someone that's going to take six months. Take a look. And so if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, even on YouTube, you can scroll and see some of our previous episodes. And so that would be a good time to see the um, studying timeline episode, creating you know a solid study schedule episode, um, the different overarching sections of the MCAT, which have been very recently released. So uh, we talk about all of the different the different core sections, so chem biz, bio uh, cars, bio biochem, and psych soch. And so you want to start there. Then you can start looking at. Um, some of the other ones that we cover. And so we recently had an academic advisor join us as well as our um, MCAT coach. And you can take a look at those. And then you start moving into the content uh, area, right? So content tends to come first in terms of the sciences. And we have a lot of different content. We have a lot of psych a lot of uh, chem phys, bio, biochem, 
And so you can approach it a couple of different ways. You can look a little earlier and just kind of go in order. You can search for particular um, topics that maybe you're struggling with. And then once you kind of continue that content phase and you start moving towards, okay, I'm doing a lot more practice questions. I'm doing more um, of the passages as well as more AMC. I'm starting to take my full length exams. That's when you tune in to the podcast episodes about the strategies Mm -hmm. and the tips and tricks and MCAT judo, which was a really fun Mm -hmm. one. And making, you know, kind of knowing how to use the podcast is really helpful. Maybe you're a longtime listener. And in that case, going in order makes sense because you've heard a lot of um, the prior ones. But figuring out, okay, where am I? And then which episodes are going to be highest yield for me, so to speak, can be really helpful. Yeah. And that's that's also something I think there's a lot of students that use the podcast just like listening to it when they're at the gym or (laughs) on the treadmill or like driving to school or driving to work. And I think that that's also a good use of that. It's just like making use of that time that otherwise is not like academically useful. Right. (laughs) And so um, that was always something I did in med school is like, okay, every every time that I'm like eating a meal, right? Like if it's not like a social thing and I'm just like cramming breakfast in the morning, like I'm going to be watching a video or something that I think is is useful to my education in that time to just try to take advantage of that. And I think the podcast can be really useful for that. Oh, um, absolutely. When I go grocery shopping, um, I listen I listen to different content podcasts for whatever I was studying or whatever rotation I was on at the time. And I did find that super helpful because like you said, it's otherwise time that you don't really use. That said, the MCAT should not be your life 24-7. Yeah. Let's, you know, and that's something that we have talked about in the past, making sure that you find that balance for yourself. Balance. Yep. Um, but it is something that can be super helpful, especially if you have longer commutes or, you know, you tend to spend a lot more time at the gym. And so yeah. something to to keep in mind. I was talking to a student. He said that he really liked listening to the podcast when he went to the library to study because it kind of got him into the mindset so that by the time he got to the library, he's ready for like being really serious about studying because he's kind of getting himself into that gear. Um, now, another thing that that is another free resource, right? Like obviously the podcast is free, but um, another one is the free trial sessions or just the free sessions that we create. These are essentially just free live lectures. I did one last night about math and how to deal with math on the MCAT. I'm doing one next week on electrochemistry. But we also have ones kind of talking about the admission process and what you should be thinking and doing with your personal statements and letters of recommendation and things like that. And we also do CARS ones. We also do like intro ones for students who are just trying to figure out like, okay, I'm getting ready to prep for the MCAT. What should I be thinking about? Um, And note that those are those are free public lessons that we do just because we think that this is really useful information for students. Um, and so I I know that all the lessons I do, I tend to pick stuff that I think, ooh, this is really high yield or every student struggles with this, with this topic. And so they tend to be some really useful information. Um, plus, it's a lot of fun um, to just go <laughs> to those sessions and get kind of like the class atmosphere where you start to realize like, hey, I'm not alone. There are other people out there that are going through this process. And I think that that is also really useful just mentally. And so if you find yourself kind of 
uh, spiraling, which is something that happens sometimes where students like spend all day in the library and they just start to panic and they take a test and they don't do well. And just taking a moment to realize like, hey, there are people out there that are going through this as well. There are people who are out there who really want to help like Azai and I. And being able to go and just have a moment where you get to interact with those people can help you kind of reset. Um, and I think that that can be really useful as well. So not only are those free sessions useful in terms of content, but I also think it can be kind of useful for students just to, for like psychological reasons, like it's good sometimes to not just shackle yourself to a desk 24 seven um, and start to get some some concept of not just like, what is the content, but how is it going to be tested, right? And that's a really important thing um, because that should be shaping the way that you're studying. And I think a lot of times people focus so much on the studying that they kind of forget about how they're going to be tested. And so they're studying in ways that don't really make sense um, and aren't going to give a lot of bang for their buck in terms of the time you're investing. So I think the free sessions can be really useful for that. Oh, absolutely. I think with cars, it's a little different, right? Because with cars, there's no, there's no content. The passage <laughs> in front of you is the content. And so cars really requires a solid strategy and understanding how am I going to tackle this section? Because a lot of students, they, they come and they say, okay, cars is super subjective, right? What we do here at Jack Weston is take some of that subjectivity out and provide very clear, very structured approaches to apply to every single passage as it comes up. In the course, we do you know, a lot of uh, question subtype specific approaches as well. And so one thing that I really like with the CARS free trial sessions is it's a confidence boost because mm -hmm. we cover you know, very um, kind of very high, high level approach to CARS. And it's it's our it's our course preview, our course introduction. Mm -hmm. And Students leave feeling better about cars. And that is what I love because the mentality coming into cars is freaking out. Um, we often send out an email beforehand and students will say, I'm feeling like a two out of 10, a four out of 10 confidence going into cars. And then leaving the session, it's a different, it's an excitement. Every so often I'll have someone say, I'm ready to do a car session. Now I'm like, are you on East Coast? Because it is yeah. 9 p.m. East Coast. <laughs> so you might want to save that until the morning. Um, but that kind of enthusiasm is huge because you see, like you said, Phil, that other people are struggling with this. And you also see that it is doable. It is something yeah. that you can actually prepare for. And I know that's something that our students in Canada, where CARS is even more important, mm -hmm. really benefit from that. And yeah. it's something, it's that kind of energy that I really love to teach in that environment. And it seems like students, students do too. And those yeah. free trial sessions can be, can be really powerful in that regard for a section that's just strategy. And that feels very isolating and subjective, confusing. Um, you know, you ask a student, Hey, what's one word to describe how you feel about cars? You're going to get a lot of negative responses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very few are excited. Um, exactly. So that's what I, that's what I love about those free trial sessions. It's it's a great way to just connect, improve, and get that confidence boost. That's so important yeah. for cars. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it's fun. 
which is the other thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that just kind of reverberates. And that's how learning should be. Just side note, learning should be fun. I know that it very often isn't, (laughs) but that's something that I very strongly feel is that when learning is boring, that means it's being taught wrong. Um, And that is not on the student. That's on the instructor in my mind and kind of like creating an environment where learning is fun. But uh, another one of the the free resources. So we're just kind of going through all of these things are, are free, like the podcast, the free trial sessions. And one that is probably the newest one that we have is flashcards. Um, we just released flashcards in the last like couple of months, you know, kind of putting all of this together. Students are able to create their own flashcard decks. They're also able to utilize flashcard decks that other people have made in Anki, like Miles Down and like Jack Sparrow and, you know, all of those kind of like classic flashcard decks. Um, and it's, it's really exciting for us because we're, <laughs> We're, we're approaching the, a point where we're going to be having like 100,000 flashcards being reviewed every single day by students. Um, and we just launched this a couple of months ago. And so this is something that um, we're getting, uh, students are really enjoying this. And we are creating new flashcard decks that are like, um, you know, Jack Weston, kind of like created by me and Azai and Molly and kind of like different people. And, and so we're, we're able to kind of like create some, some higher level ones. And there's some that will be coming out soon that we're really excited about of like improving this resource as we go along. But that's one that I want to, I wanted to kind of mention, right. And just let students know that those flashcard decks are out there. Um, And you can kind of say like, okay, what topics do you want to review? What, um, what pacing do you want to do? Um, and then as you're going through, you can mark like, oh, I felt really confident on this flashcard. And so you're not going to see that flashcard again for a while versus this flashcard I'm feeling less confident on. So you're going to see that more often. So it kind of like works with this um, <laughs> to get into like MCAT terms, the Ebbinghaus curve of forgetting <laughs> the like as the longer time goes by, the more likely you are to forget stuff. So by kind of doing this spaced repetition and seeing something like after a week, And then after three weeks and then after a month, like all of a sudden that's going to stick with you a whole lot better. Um, And the ability to adapt those flashcard decks. So every single student, as they're going through there, different cards are getting suggested at different rates based on how confident and comfortable students are. So this ability to adapt to students is really useful. Um, I do think we should talk about like when to use the flashcards as well. Um, but I'll, exactly, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you kind of dive into that as I. That's exactly what I was I was itching to talk about because a lot of times, you know, students, they think of flashcards as the end-all be-all. And they think, okay, this is how I'm going to learn all of the content. And I think we've talked about this before in the active studying uh, podcast episode. Flashcards have their time and place. Flashcards yes. are great for content, right? And the content itself not so great for making relationships. And so if there's a content area, you know, a science content area where you're a bit weaker, the terminology doesn't quite make sense. Maybe it's acid-based chemistry and you're really struggling, you know, with with just the core basics, flashcards are amazing for that because they're going to reinforce those topics, the content, the material. When you start moving into something um, that's more 
relationship-based and when to apply certain um, equations, right? Thinking about the chem-phys section. That you want to start maybe doing something a little different. So you'll still continue reviewing the flashcards for the content and for those, those core concepts. But at that point, drawing diagrams, making review sheets, practice questions. When, when you're looking at those relationships, that shift becomes really important. Now for cars, that is less important because we don't have content, um, but it is, it's a really great opportunity to build that foundation. It's also another really great opportunity when you realize that you're struggling with a topic. So maybe you've moved past the content phase and you're doing practice questions and you're like, oh, I thought I knew what I was talking about. Just to use your examples, always Phil, when it came kidneys. to kidneys, what I, <laughs> I don't know what goes in where, what gets secreted, what gets reabsorbed, um, using flashcards for that and listing where something gets reabsorbed, where something gets secreted can be helpful. And at that point, it's going to reinforce that content, even though you've moved on to a practice question stage. And so flashcards aren't just at the beginning. They can follow you through, um, but the way that they follow you through depends on what you're looking for out of them. Yeah. And this, that's a big thing. So I agree Like flashcards should be like flashcards also just work better for certain topics. Like psych, it works really well. Like I, I like flashcards for psych a lot. But for like understanding magnetism, flashcards, like, yeah, you can get like the equations from it and like the definitions of the right-hand rules, but understanding magnetism yes. is not just like, oh, these four equations or these two right-hand rules or whatever. Um, And so sometimes things get a little bit trickier. And so I like that you're kind of drawing this line of early versus late when you're in this early portion of your studying, where you're working a lot on just learning all the content. That's a little bit different than a little later. So once you get to the phase where you're taking lots of exams and going through this, there are some students who their biggest problem is content gaps. (laughs) In which case, flashcards, they should, those students should still be doing flashcards. But if uh, a student is taking exams and most of the questions they're missing are like about interpreting data or about like struggling to understand the passage or things with endurance and timing and stamina. Like if those are the things that are causing you problems, you should not be doing flashcards. Um, And I know a lot of times students kind of stick with flashcards longer than they should Mm-hmm. And that's, it's kind of a weird thing um, because that's kind of the the great and terrible thing about flashcards <laughs> is they're like, you get this dopamine release of like, yeah, I did the flashcard. And like, you start to feel really confident. And so flashcards can almost be kind of addictive where students like just keep churning through flashcards and they like that. And I mean, that's one of the reasons that doing flashcards is so useful is because it can be somewhat enjoyable as you kind of like can see, I didn't know this, now I do know this, and that just feels good. But if you get to the problem or get to the scenario where you actually have really good content knowledge, like looking through all these flashcards of things that you already know starts to feel good. Cause you're like, yeah, I know this one. Yeah, I know this one. But all of a sudden you've spent two or three hours and you haven't actually learned anything new. And that's a problem. So that's why it's really important to kind of balance this and understand that different students 
Like there are some students that I'm like, oh, in your last month, you should be doing a ton of flashcards. There's also students that I'm like, in your last month, you should be doing none. And so you need to know kind of where you're at in that process. Like, and that's why it's so important to review your exams very thoroughly. We have a couple of episodes on how to review exams um, in the podcast. And that's something that you should be aware of and paying attention to. Absolutely. I do want to pause to mention this because it's um, super important and super high yield amino acids. Amino acids are the highest yield science topic. You should be reviewing them. You need to know them inside out, sideways, right? You need to know what they look like. You need to know um, their three letter abbreviations, single letter abbreviations, whether they are uh, basic, acidic, nonpolar, right? And so flashcards can be really great for that. And every so often, we come across students that are pretty late in their review and don't have amino acids, amino acids down packed. Mm-hmm. Those are those can be easy points. So if you you know your test day is coming up and you're hearing this and you're saying, oh, <laughs> I'm not yet, I, I do not yet have amino acids memorized. Flashcards, they can be fantastic for that. Yeah, exactly. Now another free resource that I want to talk about is the dailies. And this is probably the thing that Jack Weston is most known for. Like when Jack Weston started, we were just putting out cars, passages, one passage a day, um, making sure that students had new practice material literally every single day. And Mm -hmm. that was kind of building up. Things have, things have grown and grown and changed over time. And so now we're not just putting out cars passages every day, but we're putting out science discrete questions and science passages. And every single day, you're going to see like new material show up on the Jack Weston homepage. Um, I think that there's a lot of students that just do the dailies as they come out. And that's not necessarily a bad idea. But I think that there is a deeper level to those that I think students don't end up utilizing, that they don't end up going into this. And so I'm going to share my screen, which is something that I don't normally do in the podcast, (laughs) or that was something we don't normally do. But this is something that I think a lot of students don't recognize and realize and understand this. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. I know a lot of you guys are listening to the podcast just audibly. Note that you can watch this podcast on YouTube. And I think even Spotify has like a video version of this. And I think Apple podcast does as well, but not absolutely certain on that because I don't use don't Apple podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you go to the Jack Weston homepage and you kind of scroll down past the flashcards, past the dailies, you get to the question bank. Every single daily that we make, we put into the question bank. And there are different types of questions. And I don't think students necessarily understand the difference between these. Mm. Um, so there's this little info icon that you can click on next to question type, but we're going to run through like a brief overview here. So there are two main categories of questions. There is AAMC style, and then there's fundamental style. The AAMC style is trying to mimic the AAMC, right? So note that on test day, when you show up to a passage, like this one passage that's about neurons is going to have some, obviously some neuro questions, but it's also going to have some questions about circuits and maybe about capacitors 
And then also maybe there's a weird metabolism question thrown in and an amino acid one and something about proteins and like something about protein channels and membranes and cholesterol. And like all of a sudden, there's lots of different topics mixed together in one passage, Mm -hmm. right? And that's how it's going to be on test day. So I think that there is a time and a place when students should be working on that like AAMC style passage, especially as they get closer to test day and they're just trying to practice and emulate what they're going to see. But the other side is the fundamental style stuff. And fundamental passages are for students who are trying to work on specific content areas, right? Like if you need to work on fluids, doing this big, long passage and there's one fluids question is not a super useful use of your time, right? Like all of a sudden you've put in, by the time you review the passage, you might've put in 20, 30 minutes and you really only did one fluids question in that Mm -hmm. time. And so the fundamental style stuff, this isn't how the AAMC structures their passages. So this isn't like the AMC, but you can see a passage where here's a passage about fluids and all the questions are about fluids. And so it helped, these are really useful for students who want to target certain weak areas. And so note that if I go into this, like there's fundamental passages, I can click on that. I can say, let's say, do I want to see just the questions I haven't seen? Do I want to see the questions I've gotten wrong? Do I want to see the questions I've flagged? Or do I just want to see all the questions? And so I'm going to go ahead and click all. And then you can say, I want to look at physics. And within physics, I want to look at fluids. And so you can make your own question bank. Like I can make five different passages, one after the other, where all the questions are fluids. And that's really useful if that's something that you need to work on. And that's within this fundamental set of questions. And so every day when we put out new passages, they put they fall into either AAMC style or fundamental. We also have discrete questions that you know, kind of mimic, once again, mimic the AMC or are more for just working on specific content areas. And so note that there is this kind of this line between the two when it comes to the different AAMC or the different uh, passages and stuff that we put out on a daily basis. There's new material every single day. And that's a really powerful tool, right? Because a lot of times students don't know where to go. And so they'll start digging to see, okay, where can I, you know, where can I find questions like this? Um, they might start Googling and looking to see, okay, which which AMC question will cover this topic? Whereas they have the opportunity here to just say, all right, I need to come back to the absolute core basics. Let me filter, right? And that filtering option, I think, is, is incredibly important. And we have it for all of the key science sections, right? Like you'll see, you know, for anyone who's looking at the screen for orgo, for physics, for gen chem, for psych, for soch, for biochem. And these are sections that, you know, will come up across different, different sections. Like you might get a little bit of, you know, biochem thrown into chem phys or, you know, vice versa. Um, And so it's helpful to, to be able to sort that way. And Again, you know, you can do this AMC, you can do it um, fundamental style. Something else that's really helpful is you can set the number of questions that you get in that cubic. And part of why that's really helpful is we recognize that a lot of you guys have a lot going on. And so Mm -hmm. you might only have time in the morning to do one passage and five questions, right? Or maybe you have time to sit down and do 20 in one sitting because you have a big block of time that you can study, whether it's after class, on the weekend. And so you have that flexibility and that ability to adapt to 
what your specific needs, um, your time needs are. And so that can also be, um, be really helpful. I personally do want to encourage students, just because you get a question wrong doesn't mean you never have to see it again. There's a reason that we added that incorrect um, filter. And so sometimes sitting down and doing the questions that you missed to see if you actually learned after reviewing them Mm -hmm. can be super helpful as well. Because if you're recognizing, oh, snap, like I'm getting all the questions that I got wrong the first time, wrong a second time, something I'm doing in the way I'm trying to learn is not working. And like, you know, we have talked about Phil before, it's really easy to do things that make us comfortable and make us feel good. And that doesn't always mean that it's going to translate to actual learning, right? And so if, you know, let's say you're going through and you're like, I'm not actually sure if this strategy that I'm using to learn is working or if I'm using it effectively, this is another opportunity to, to kind of figure that out. And so incorrect questions have their time and place as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. I don't think I've talked about that often with students, but like creating a, a cue bank of just questions that you've missed, yeah. that's really useful and being able to go through and kind of take a look at those. Yeah. Now, there's one other category of question types in the cue bank. Um, and we created this because sometimes students are like, well, I feel like I should do fundamental passages and work on my weak areas, but I don't really know what my weak areas are, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially students who are just kind of starting off or students who've like finished a course or finished like all of their prep. Like, I really wish that I could study something and never need to review it ever again in my life. My life would be so much easier if I could just read oh, a book and yeah. like now I've memorized it all. I don't have to look at anything ever again. Right. But that's not the way the brain works. So students at the beginning and a lot of times students as they like finish up their content section, it might be a good idea for them to do a content diagnostic. Mm-hmm. So that's the third area here. And so you can do a content diagnostic, which is broken up into either bio, chem phys, or psych soch. There's no cars because you don't need content for cars. There's no content you need to make sure that you know. If you have a passage about the Russian oligarchy, you don't need to know about the Russian oligarchy in order to answer that question. So what you can do, um, so one of the things about this, these diagnostics is these questions are once again, not similar to the AAMC. A lot of times the AAMC, like they ask you a question and to answer this question, you have to know kind of about neurons, kind of about like membranes, kind of about capacitors. You got to put all that information together to answer this one question. The content diagnostic is like, no, this is a question. The only thing you need to know about here is amino acids. And so there'll be like three or four questions on every single content topic, amino acids, uh, molecular genetics, classical genetics, right? Like non-Mendelian genetics, right? Um, And so you're able to find like, oh, what are my weak areas and what are my strengths? And so you can go ahead and use that information and then maybe start doing more fundamental passages or doing more flashcards focused on whatever those weak areas are, because you get some really powerful analytics. And that's actually the other thing that we want to talk about as a free resource is the analytics page, which will tell you like, based on the dailies, based on the stuff that you've been doing, these are your strongest topics and these are your weakest topics. And so you can see for this student here, like they're really good at equilibrium and kinetics and gases, but they need a lot of help when it comes to electrochemistry. 
And so they should be spending some time working on electrochemistry to shore up those weaknesses. And the content diagnostic is probably the best way to just get a good idea of like, okay, in all of the MCAT content, what am I good at? And I shouldn't spend much more time on what do I need to work on? And how do I hit those things? Um, I am a very data-driven person, which is why I love the analytics, because it really helps students make informed decisions about how to study and how to spend their time. Yeah, and I think it's really worth um, worth mentioning that it might seem weird that we have questions that are not AMC style, because you're probably thinking, well, isn't the whole point to replicate the AMC? For when you've gotten to the point where you have the content you know, mostly down packed. Yes. Right. And that's why you build up to it. And that's why you sprinkle in AMC daily passages or AMC style daily passages as well. But what we're talking about here is for, for the AMC, and just to be very explicit about this, because this is what you mentioned, Phil, the AMC is going to test relationships, right? And we've, we've talked about that on this podcast before, but it really is about the connections between different topics. But let's say that, um, you need to know about neurons and you need to know about, you know, um, electrochem to be able to answer, answer the question correctly. If you don't know about neurons, you will miss the question. If you don't have a good understanding of electrochem, you can miss the question. You can also miss the question because you weren't able to make the connection between the two. So we don't want to, you know, we don't want you to start at, oh, was I able to make the connection? Because if you don't have both of those content areas down, it's going to be harder for you to make the connection. And so that's the purpose of of these particular questions, right? To figure out, do I have the basics before I start making those connections? And so we kind of want to point that out. That's also part of the reason that you can't filter by topic. So the way that you saw that we could do that for the fundamental questions and um, the fundamental passages, that that does not automatically come up for the content diagnostic because the point is, you want to get a wide breadth of the content to determine which area in content you're you're still struggling with or you're still weaker on. And so that's that was a purposeful, um, purposeful setting. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to point out that content diagnostic, each of the the three sections, right? Because there's the bio, chem phys, and psych social. The bio has the most questions. So that one takes about an hour and a half. Chem phys has quite a few fewer questions, but there's a lot more calculation. So that also ends up taking about an hour and a half for most students. The psych social is generally about an hour or less. So to do all of them, it takes about four hours. And I don't know if I would encourage a student to sit down and do them all together. Um, that's actually something that I, I, I like to give some really strong advice if you're doing the diagnostic. I don't, if you're doing the diagnostic, you do not want to miss a question due to being tired or due to making math errors, or just like, you know, it was like three in the morning, and I've been going for two hours, and I'm just making some silly mistakes. Like you want to miss a question because you don't know something. So this is one of those areas where you shouldn't be working on stamina at the same time you're working on the content diagnostic. So feel free to break the content diagnostic up into multiple days and mm-hmm. just kind of spread this around. Um, because that's when you're going to get the best data, the best information, you want to make sure that you're missing questions because you didn't know the content. Um, Because if you're missing questions for other reasons, then all of a sudden, the content diagnostic is not valid in terms of trying to measure your content knowledge. And so definitely something that you want to want to pay attention to. 
Absolutely. Um, before we leave this page, there is something that every so often I get questions on. So students will see the daily passages that come up. So for example, today um, we have a fundamental passage on orgo. We have fundamental discretes on physics. We have a Cars AMC style passage, and that's for one day. If you yeah. scroll down past the question bank, you will see the most recent passages and uh, questions for all of the days. So for example, we can see that yesterday we had discrete questions for memory, AMC style chem phys for um, ultrasound in the eye, and we had another CARS passage. We can see the last couple of days. So if let's say that you have that extra time and you're saying, oh, I think, you know, I'm I'm in a phase where I'm doing more passages. I have the time. Let me, I missed yesterday. I missed the last few days. Let me scroll down. And you can see all of those there. Every so often I get a question um, because we have so many resources on, on our front page and we don't want you guys to uh, not, not see them. So I wanted to take a moment and um, do that. Yeah. Also, if you scroll down a little bit farther, you run into the podcast. So <laughs> I actually wonder how many students, it's probably none, are watching the podcast, like literally from the homepage. Jack Weston homepage. But do note that that is, that is there as well. And it will always uh, show the most recent podcast. Yes, it just shows the most recent episode. So, yeah. So I think that the, the QBank is a really interesting thing that... You want to really understand you should be doing more fundamental stuff earlier in your mm -hmm. prep, more AAMC style stuff later. Yep. But once again, if in those last like couple of weeks, you realize like, hey, I need to look over kidneys again, <laughs> you might want to do some fundamental questions on that. And so knowing when and how to use the different types of questions is something I think is, is really important. Absolutely. And let's say that you're going through through all of this and you're saying, okay, um, how do I navigate this? What I see that there are a lot of resources. Um, what's my next step? I'm testing on X day. What resources should I be using? The academic advisors are another free resource that we have, and that can be super helpful. Um, they, you do not pay to meet with one of our academic advisors. To differentiate, our academic advisors are not the same as the admissions department. And so that's yeah. another, another question um, that we sometimes get. But they can be an additional resource, super helpful. They're also really kind. They care about our students um, and they're very, they're very transparent. And so I think that that's also really important in the MCAT world. Yeah. And so if you guys have questions on some of these free resources, like that's a good place to go to hit those things, to talk to the academic advisors. There is one other uh, resource that somehow I feel like we've skipped, and this is a big one, and that's the Chrome extension. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I could see your eyes like, oh, wait, how did we not talk about the Chrome extension? Um So the AAMC is like, they obviously have a lot of practice materials. And for the most part, their practice materials are the best practice materials to use because they're written by the people who write the actual exam. Yeah. So they have practice materials. You should use those. There are a couple of the resources in the AMC stuff that I don't recommend as much. Like I think the flashcards from the AMC aren't as useful and the QBank isn't or the QPACs aren't as useful as the section banks and the exams and like the CARS diagnostic stuff, those are great. Even the CARS QPACs are pretty good. Mm -hmm. The um, science QPACs are meh. They're, they're not terrible, 
but they're not like the top of the list of, I think, the most useful things. Some students should be using those resources. Um, but if you start to do the AMC stuff and you absolutely should, let me just pause and emphasize yes. this. If you are yes. not hitting the AMC stuff in your prep, then you are doing something wrong. And yes. that's true for everybody, right? <laughs> we don't say that very often where every student has to do this thing, right? Because <laughs> you need to adjust most of the time, but you have to do the AMC stuff. Mm -hmm. When you're going through the AMC stuff, you're going to notice that their explanations sometimes leave a little to be desired, right? Like there's, there are, I think it's very clear that the AAMC is a testing company. Their passages are fantastic. Their questions are amazing. Mm -hmm. They're not a teaching company. And that's why their explanations are frankly, they're terrible. Um, they, they are very awful. And um, there are some questions like B is correct because it is, and A and C and D are wrong because they're not B. And there are some questions that I like, I read through the explanation and I'm like, that's probably not how a student should be tackling this question, right? They should be thinking about this and this is the way to address that. Like, there'll be a question about like, which of these is the net overall reaction? And then in the in the explanation, they go into all of this heavy detail about metabolism. When what I want a student to do is I want a student to notice only one of the answer choices is balanced. <laughs> the <laughs> other three are not balanced equations, so they can't be correct and cross them yeah. out. It's it's B, right? Because that's the only balanced one. And like the the AMC does not give students those like clues on like, here's how we build tricky questions. And this is how we mislead students. They because they kind of don't want to make that super clear because that that's their tricks. Um, and so this is why we created the Chrome extension. So the Chrome extension is something you can download for free. You can go to the Jack Weston homepage and on the left side, it's Chrome extension. You click on that, you download it. And then whenever you do the AAMC material, you still see the AMC questions. You still see the passages. You see, see everything from the AMC, including their terrible explanation. Um, and so you see all of that. But then also there's an added in-depth explanation from us. Um, and I know that Azai and me um, have spent a fair amount of time kind of going through and helping to make these really good. Um, I think at this point we have thorough explanations for everything except the flashcards because we don't think they necessarily need them. <laughs> it's not a good use of time. Um, and the most recent exam that just came out. And that's because we are in the process of working on that. Um, so note that, that will, those will be coming out in the future. Um, but there's a lot of different exciting projects that we're working on. Um, so I don't think it's going to be in the next week or two. Um, but I do want students to know that those things exist. You really want to know that because I think every single student is going to come across some questions where, like, even if you read the AAMC explanation, they aren't emphasizing the stuff that should be emphasized and how should you approach this question. And so even the questions that you get right, I think it can be really useful to look at the, the Jack Weston in-depth thorough explanation to help you understand, like, how should I be tackling this question? Um, because there may be a scenario where there's actually like three ways to answer this question. 
And you want to be able to do all of those, right? So that you can have like not just a plan A for every question, but a plan B and a plan C and a plan D where there's really no question the AMC can throw at you that you don't have some way to at the very least eliminate a couple of answer choices. Yeah. And, you know, we're not telling you to throw AMC um, AMC uh, thinking out the window. That is no. not what we're telling you to do. What we're saying is that they don't always provide the clearest way to get to a question. And so you should still be familiar with how the AMC will approach the question, right? But we also want you to be familiar with other ways that are clearer and that um, when we have those multiple multiple ways, if you get a question where that one of those three ways is not applicable, you have the others to fall back on. And part of the reason why, Phil, you mentioned still reviewing the correct answers is that sometimes we don't, we aren't fully sure when we answer a question, or maybe we get lucky, right? And we use a way that is not um, easily applicable to other questions in that same topic, in that same category. And so you want to be able to have that mental flexibility on test day. And so reviewing the questions that you get correct can still be um, really powerful. It's similar to how reviewing the questions that you get incorrect um, on, on our QBank can also be really powerful. Yeah. I was just going to say, there's there's so much stuff going on with this that, and once again, if you want to talk to an academic advisor, you should, if yeah. you have questions about these things. I know we originally planned like, oh, let's talk about the free resources and the paid resources, but I feel like we've, like, there's so many free resources that I feel like we just filled an entire podcast episode with just talking about the free <laughs> resources. Um and this is something that is is big. And I, I do want students to kind of understand this a little bit from our perspective. Like as I is in med school, I've been in med school. I know what a process this is. And that's why, honestly, like I would say like two thirds of the projects and stuff that we're working on is stuff that's for free for students, because like that's how medicine should be. Like it should be an even playing field. Now, that being said, we have a lot of people that, we have to pay like salaries, like they should be able to live. And so we do have some paid resources out there. And I think that um, for the most part, like I think that it makes sense, like the prices and we are still trying to keep prices down for all of those things. We are the cheapest course by far. We have lifetime access and and maybe we'll talk about more of the, the paid resources in the future. But um, I think there's a reason that we have so many free resources and that it's just like that's what's best for medicine. That's what's best for humanity is if we can lower those barriers so that more people can get kind of the same resources. They can get this, the same uh, tools so that um, whoever is going to be the best physician, they're the ones who get to be physicians <laughs> instead of just whoever has an extra 50 grand or the best connections um, that automatically gets into that. Yeah, we really do. We really do pride ourselves on making sure that we are accessible to folks. And like you said, Phil, you know, we, we care about making sure that the, the medical workforce is as diverse as the population that it serves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our, our also, uh, personal mission is also making that transition to med school a little bit, a little bit easier given our experience yeah. with med school. And part of that involves you guys having access to folks that will sprinkle in that, that perspective as well, um, as well as folks with different MCAT perspectives 
And so that's what we we enjoy doing. And hopefully you've you've enjoyed this podcast and learning about all of the free resources that we have here at Jack Weston. 